When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for same race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. You would be a happy man, uh, Mr. Pom, because uh, all the all the English lads need to do tomorrow in the T20 World Cup is... Uh, is beat, uh, is beat Sri Lanka and uh, England are short odds to do so. So uh, you're going to get, uh, I think you're going to get your uh, your little bit of banter over the line tomorrow, I reckon. Well, I mean, it looks uh, home and holes, doesn't it? But I mean, England never do it the easy way. So <laughs> wait and see. I imagine they'll do it the hard way if they've got a... Yeah, would uh, well. I, I mean, the bookies are not saying that, but uh, you just never know in these T Twenty World Cups. They do throw up some some shock, crazy results. Uh, all right, let, let's get into a little bit of a preamble for for what you did uh, tonight. Uh, we've got a handful of minutes before we get to this hard out, but just just give the listeners an idea as to exactly what you did uh, and exactly the build up because you've been on the you know you've been on on the overnight crowd you know multiple times, sort of talking about this. This AFL, you know, t- uh, 2022 draft that's coming up, uh, the, the mock draft that you've done tonight, uh, the players that you thought, you know, sort of the diamonds in the rough that are that are appearing, players who are bolting up the bolting up the order, players who are coming down in the order, and players that are at a sort of locks to to make the make the top five. Just give the listeners a, a, an idea into into what exactly you did uh, on the YouTube airwaves tonight. Yeah, I was joined by the lovely Lack Dog and uh, Ian Brownie, uh, and uh, we just recreated the draft. We all took six teams each, uh, did live trading, uh, tr- tried to replicate it as real time as we could. A few twists and spills, a few shocks, um, some good laughs, but never been done on YouTube before, and we thought it'd be good fun to do 60-odd picks. Uh, together and it's kind of good when you do it that way it's quite easy to do a power ranking and a mock draft when you're doing it yourself but having some objectification kind of simulates what it's like in real life yeah absolutely definitely all right so there were three of you there yourself Ian Brownie and uh, and Lek Dog uh now which uh which of the six teams did you did you each get well, I mean, it was randomised draw, believe it or not. Right. Um, some people would say it was rigged, though, because <laughs> Tom got kissed on the proverbial, but it, it was done live, the draw, so I didn't rig it. But I was the Bulldogs, Hawthorne, Carlton, North, Sydney and Collingwood. We had Lechdog, Saints, Port, Essendon, Gold Coast, Frio and Geelong, and Brownie took Demons, Lions, Richmond Tigers, Eagles, Crows and GWS. Oh, geez, Leck Dog, drawed, he's drawn the short straw, didn't he? God, that's shocking. Poor bloke. <laughs> there was a bit of waiting around for him in between picks, so he was just heckling <laughs> for a lot of it. I don't blame him. All right, so uh, this mock draft that you've done, it's on YouTube. Check out Pommy's channel at Pommy in Oz is the uh, is the channel to, to have a look at. J- just before we get stuck right into the thick of it, uh, we'll get to we'll get to an ad break, but... Uh, 
who do you think out of this mock draft won? And then we can get stuck into it. Oh, I, there was some good... Everyone did well. Um, okay. I, I'd say I made the draft move of the season, though. Um, <laughs> okay. We, Don't we, say we, anything yet. We, we, Don't say anything yet. <laughs> Don't say anything yet. We'll get to it after the break, but you reckon you've made the draft move of the season? Yeah, I, okay. I, I thought I did pretty well. <laughs> All right. Okay. Sounds sounds very good, mate. I'm looking forward to getting into this after we hit this uh, ad break. But uh, you're listening to the Overnight Crowd here on SEN, your home of sport. And we will be back right after this. Listening to the Overnight Crowd. Yes, welcome back to the Overnight Crowd here on SEN, your home of sport. Coming up to midnight here on the Overnight Crowd, and uh, Pommy in Oz is on the line. He's going to stick around to get through this AFL 2022 mock draft, and then after that. We'll take plenty of your calls about the T20 cricket, Australia defeating Afghanistan overnight in what was, well, an unconvincing win, but Australia has done the job it needed to do. Now it needs to rely on Sri Lanka to defeat England. Long odds to happen, but stranger things have happened in the world of sports. Stick around. We'll take more of your calls after the break, and we'll be joined again by Pommy Inoz as he dissects the AFL 2022 draft. Listening to the Overnight Crowd. Yes, it is the Overnight Crowd here on SEN, your home of sport, crystal clear through the SEN app, of course, and through your digital radio dials. Paul Sebastiani here in the studio with you, taking you up to three. AM Australian Eastern Daylight Saving Time across the eastern coast of Australia here in our Melbourne studio. Joining us on the line, we uh, had a little preview and a preamble up into into this AFL 2022 draft. It was a mock draft done by our resident draft expert here on the overnight crowd, Mr. Dan Williams, at Pommy in Oz. Check out all his social handles, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. That's where you can find all his handy Work. He joins us on the line to get stuck right into this mock draft that he streamed live on YouTube tonight. Never been done before. It's uh, it's revolutionised uh, the AFL draft, I think, from from my perspective. And uh, well, he's on the line to to chat about it all. Well, Dan, you, you gave us a preamble up uh, into it, my friend. Uh, now let's let's get in and get stuck into exactly what happened in uh, in this mock draft you put together on YouTube. 
Well, we tried to take it as serious as possible. I've got to say, the, the other two lads put in a lot of work in this as well, and I, I thought it was good to do, like we said just before we went to the ad break, it's quite easy to do it yourself and uh, not interfere with your own picks and not change tack. So it was quite fun to have uh, two other guys that I had no idea what they were going to do. <laughs> and uh, it, it was quite eventful, I've got to say. There was a, a few risks run and... Uh, yeah, there were some surprises, I've got to say, some surprises. Love it. Okay, let's let's get stuck into it. Uh, so what, what were the big moments in it? Uh, and then I think towards the end, we'll get, as you sum it up, we'll get, we'll get into who you think uh, won this mock draft that you, that you put together. So let's maybe just go through, let's go through the top 10 that, that you guys put together. Okay, yeah, well, um, obviously the first pick was Brisbane. They matched, well, GWS, that was probably the shock didn't bid on Ashcroft. They uh, they went with Cadman straight up, gave him the honour of being pick one. Okay. It was uh, left to North to uh, make Brisbane burn some picks. Um, but, yeah, the top ten was Cadman, Ashcroft, Wardlaw, Sheasel. Philip Howell, surprise, Philip Hose, surprisingly, went to Essendon. Um, Startus, McKenzie, Clark, Ginby, Buslinger rounded out the top ten. Okay, very good, very good. So Cadman ends up at GWS. Ashcroft ends up going to to Brisbane. Uh, where, so where did the, so George Wardlaw pick three? That means he's ended up. Is that North Melbourne? Is that correct? No. Yep. Same yeah, with Sheezel. Same and with Sheezel. Yep. Yep. Philip Paul was the surprise for everyone. Uh, the list manager of Essendon took him <laughs> uh, a bit earlier than most people thought. Uh, good explanation. Uh, I have to say the explanation took out, checked out, and uh, yeah, that created like a chain reaction, like it does in the real AFL draft. When someone sneakily goes a little bit earlier, you do find that this changes tact quite quickly with the other teams. Okay, interesting. So Philippou goes over to Essendon. So where did you have him on your draft board? Did you have him sort of bolting up into the top five when you were, were looking at when you were looking at the names and the research that you were putting together in the last couple of months? I, I think he's definitely in the top 10. Uh, I, I was surp- I've got to say, I was surprised when I saw him go that early, to be honest. I, I understood the logic, um, but I didn't think we would see him go that early. I, I do have status ahead of him. I, I would suspect he'll go though easily inside the top ten. Okay, okay. Uh, the other name I really wanted to to tack onto was uh, Jai Clark going at pick eight. Now, does that mean that does that mean he ends up at Geelong or does he miss out? He he did. He went to the Cats. Okay. So, yeah. um, Falcons product is that correct? Cam McKenzie. Yep, the Falcons boys. So yeah, he ended up where that Jack Bowles deal got them. Okay, interesting. Uh, and the other name that I think is sort of. I think he's sort of starting to sneak up in draft boards, and there might be a little bit of uh, there might be a little smoke, a little bit of smoke and fire around his name. But Jed Buslinger, pick number ten to Carlton, is that right? I remember, I think you were saying that uh, that the Blues might be interested in this man. Yeah, there is a lot of rumours linking him. He he ended up going to St Kilda on our draft board. Okay. Um, I talked off just before we went to the break that Carlton did something sneaky. Um, when I saw how the top 10 was going, obviously with Brisbane matching count and went up a pick, uh, I took the decision to trade down with GWS's picks. Mm-hmm. 
and allow GWS to uh, slide into pick 11 at the time. Okay, okay. Um, and I, I think if the draft board goes like that, you might see a few teams do that, it, especially if Filippo goes early. I'd imagine a lot of them teams between 8 and 12 have got one eye on him as probably the next breakout candidate. Um, yeah, we chose to slide down, um, much much to many people's surprise, but there's, there's a reason. Okay. There's a reason, I think. Okay. okay. I get the feeling that with you doing this on this mock draft, I think the fact that live trading is only in its infancy, I think we are going to see a lot of it coming up, not just this season, but in the in the coming seasons. And that's that's exactly why they've they've introduced this live trading and and live swapping of, of picks. Uh, but but go on, t- tell us uh, tell us uh, tell us more about this mock draft. Well, by that by that stage when he got to Carlton's pick, um, I saw Bailey Humphrey was still on the board when St Kilda surprised us in this draft with going Buslinger. And I just figured, looking at GWS's list, and I'd imagine in real life, Bailey Humphrey would be a player that you would say is going to fill the hole very quickly of Taranto, playing that high half forward and pinch it in the midfield. Uh, so I thought that might be something that would tempt them. There's Elijah Hewitt as well. And I looked at the draft board at that time and thought, if I was Nick Austin, I'd be saying, if I'm after a winger, after a small forward, after some kind of leg speed, there's a chance that I'm definitely getting one in them picks 20 to 21 if I trade down to where GWS's picks were before they were matched. It was 19 and 20, I think, at the time. And I thought he'd probably take the chance. And as luck would happen, Ollie Hollands managed to slide down a little bit. So we ended up with Hollands and Hotton. Okay. Okay. Very nice. Very nice. Okay. So top 10 out the way and we're moving up towards the the sort of picks in, in the 20s range. But you said just before we got into this top 10, you said you thought uh, that someone, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming you're alluding to yourself. <laughs> We're speaking with Dan Williams at Pobby and Oz. Make sure you follow his, his YouTube channels and uh, his Facebook, Twitter, Instagram as well. AFL 2022 draft, a, a mock draft live. It's the first of its kind on YouTube. So recommend you guys on the overnight crowd. Go have a watch of it and check out uh, who your team might uh, might get in the draft if it does go this way. But uh, who uh, who came up with this little, uh, there was a little bit of jigging and, and moving of picks and uh, moving of players uh, that, that you think sort of, I don't know if it shocked people or, or it ended up uh, being the winning move. Well, I think obviously, like we said, when pick five in this scenario, Philip went early, it kind of changed because obviously then you've got starters very handy outside and inside. Obviously, he jumps up the draft board, which makes Gold Coast react, who were probably thinking I'm between Bailey Humphrey and Philip Hoare. So suddenly, you know, that's how it happens in the real IFL draft. We see that quite often where teams go early, go late, players drop down. Brody Kemp with Carlton would be a great example, a guy that was meant to go top 10. Uh, ended up going later, so it changed Carlton's tact in the draft. And, I, and this is how this simulation worked for us as well. Um, Hewitt going probably earlier than some would think, 12, which I think he's a, a talent there as well. It starts to shuffle the pack a little bit. And when you actually look at the lists in depth, 
you see that the power rankings don't correlate to what that club needs yep. on their list. So that's why I would be very, I, I won't be surprised to see a team 10, 11, or 12 drop down this year because suddenly after the top 10, you're basically clicking straws between 15 and 30. So if you've identified two similar players, you may be better off in the long term. And that's why I split out and pick in the end could see that there was a selling point in that pick 11 and there was a selling point for Carlton sliding down. Yeah, I think I think that's what's going to happen in the draft for for the Blues as well. There's this talk that uh, they're going to sort of look to to potentially split picks and and move and jig around with the live trading uh, perspective uh, at draft time. But uh, okay, let's let's move sort of higher up the order and uh, what was sort of the the summation towards the the end of the draft and and the middle part of it and. Uh, who who ends up even without this? I mean, like you've, we've done this mock draft and you've you've gone to great lengths to to put it together. But even if I mean the picks are not going to go well, they might they might go exactly as, as as you picked them on this thing. But if it was to sort of go in a different way, who do you think is actually going to have a strong hand coming into the draft? And sort of how did you end up doing this mock draft in the middle part and towards the back end? Well, I think we have the plethora of father, sons, um, things like that in the 20s, which a, a team no one's talking about this year is Hawthorne, who have a plethora of picks in them late 30s, early 40s, which will be bumped up with all these nominations with the father, sons. And Hawthorne have a lot of darts to throw, really, if you look at it. Their early picks in our simulation had Cam McKenzie and Charlie Clark, who I think are two wonderful footballers and really do fit what Hawthorne want. McKenzie, for me, is one of the most balanced midfielders in this draft. Charlie Clark, very defensive pressure forward, which I think frees Dylan Moore up to be a bit more offensive, who's really come of age in the last couple of years. But then that left players like DeLoyer, Darcy Jones, players with some deficiencies that I think they are about to work with, in my opinion, one of the biggest, best midfielders of the last 20 years who maximised their potential in Sam Mitchell. And and you can see he's gone young with his midfield, which for me, I think they're going to be a very smoky in this draft in real life because they've got nothing to lose and everything to gain. Yeah, absolutely spot on, I think. And, uh, well, I mean, and uh, look, I know next year's draft has been spoken about as, and it's another, in inverted commas, super draft. I think that's what Cal Tumi was saying. But um, from, from your perspective, I mean, looking at this mock draft that you've done today, I mean, how how are you seeing this draft play out with regards to the longevity of these young players? And I know it's crystal balling, but what, what are you looking at from a depth, perspective in this draft do you think it's is it strong for talent or is it strong for role players who can persist in the league for you know four five six seven years and beyond I think it's a fairly steady draft especially if I look at like 25 to 35 I think there's a lot of players there that in the right environment like Adam DeLoyer is a great example um, from South Australia, who was standout with Jason Horn Francis last year as a bottom major, was probably the second best mid in South Australia when you could really see it. And he hasn't quite kicked on this year, but the talents there, Darcy Jones is another one that screams to me. Jackson Binns, his late form in the State League games, 
is another guy that's scheduled to go there. In these right systems, if you're a team like Carlton or if you're a team like Hawthorne who are obviously building a system, there is a lot of talent there that I think, I, I would say if you were putting me on the spot, if we redo this draft in 10 years' time, there'll be at least seven players outside of the top 10 that will feature in the top 15 when you redo the draft. Okay. All right. So it looks like it's going to be a, a pretty handy one because there, there were some, I mean, experts in inverted commas saying that this is a very, very weak draft. But I just, I mean, looking at the, the research that you've done, it, it, I don't think it seems to be that way. I think, and would you say, and I think the, the beauty about this for, for all teams is that there seems to be a little bit in it for, for pretty much everyone, I think. 100%. I think this is the draft that if I was between 6 and 12 in the AFL ladder, I'd be quite happy having four picks inside the top 40 if I could yep. and really getting them workhorses into the system who have got a ceiling. I think this draft, if you're approaching it with high floor, you're going to be unstuck. But I think if you're looking at high ceiling, you're going to be into a real winner. And I think there's a lot of players there for your teams like Hawthorne, who in a stable environment, stable system, you can plow game time into them in the right learnings. There's a lot of mids here who are sliding, who we've mentioned today, that I, I think could really be something. And Adam DeLoyer is one that I'm definitely got a very keen eye on because this is something that's not in vogue in the AFL anymore, the slow, cumbersome, big-bodied midfielder. The AFL media hate these type of players, but they also <laughs> forget the last two Brownlow winners <laughs> are big, cumbersome, slow midfielders. That's exactly why you're here, mate, because you're you're bucking the trend with, with all this stuff. I don't know that... You know, that, that when a man with a pobby accent comes on and, and starts talking football, that people think, oh, mate, what, what is... And I know we, you copped it off the text message, the text machine a couple of weeks ago. What do you know about football? But uh, I can tell you, listeners of the Overnight Crowd, we are listening to, to one of the guns when it comes to analysing draft period, trade recruits, and, and, the, and the, the player profiles for these young lads who are all coming through the ranks. At Pommy and Oz, follow him on YouTube. Check out the AFL... 2022 mock draft that he put together with Leg Dog and Ian Brownie. It's uh, it's uh, it's the stuff of legends. It's it's a great insight into what is to come, not just this year in the draft, Pommy, but but in years to come. All the live trading, all the pick swapping during you know during draft period and potential player swapping as well. That that is going to occur. Um, you know, and this is what this is what we're looking forward to in the next decade or so. 100%. And you've seen as well, like when we talked earlier about Geelong, look at Geelong, like their, their side that won the flag. They, they have got a large percentage of players taking pick 30 and above, which for me says something that not many people are talking about, that if you've got good talent acquisition, you can spot a player and you can back in your system and develop some players there that were poignant this year, pick 11 in the rookie draft, Tom Atkins, who has literally gone from strength to strength since entering the system and would arguably play in any of the 18 sides now. It, it, it's a beauty to behold, and I think you're going to start to see teams really understand that, more like the NBA, skill-based skill recruiting as opposed to ceiling-based recruiting. And I think this year there's a case in point that there's a lot of players that fit into that category. Yep, and there is one man, uh, just before we let you go, that 
just sneakily got his way over to America uh, during the AFL season, during the last AFL season, and now he is currently the head coach of North Melbourne. And if you are a North Melbourne supporter, and I know you're a big fan of him, Pommy, and it's hard not to be, but Al Clarkson, I reckon he might have just a little bit of insight into uh, into what's going on over in America, and I reckon he might be bringing that to the shores of Australia. Well, I mean, he's good friends as well at, with Steve Kerr at the Golden State Warriors. And Golden State Warriors, when you look at their draft, the the general manager there, Bob Myers, and his predecessor, fantastic at using the draft in their championship winning years with rubbish picks <laughs> to talent, to, to acquire proper talent. And skills it's all skills-based drafting. They're a very shrewd drafting side. And it's not talked about enough that they really do acquire good sellability with their talent, firstly, as a player that they could get in and then sell for a premium in two or three years, but also their ability to find this talent that goes unspotted. And a lot of picks this year for North Melbourne, and I wouldn't be surprised for them. I mean, I've said it at the start of the year, and I'll say it again. George Wardlaw and Sheasel, even if that's George Walter. Wardlaw and starters, that is a huge dub when all you have is Jason Horn and Francis. Yep. Two bet, any combination of them two is better than Jason Horn and Francis. I completely agree. So completely agree I with your North, sentiments. Yep. Mate, and, and North, obviously, Alistair Clarkson, the guy's a genius. He's done this before with Hawthorne. Hawthorne were nothing at the time in a barren state. And when I look at North's late picks, I wouldn't be surprised to see names like Casey Voss, Targe Campbell, Pharrell. These names start being thrown out there. Little, little smoky picks, Ethan Phillip and players like that, second chance players or guys that are not fancied. And I wouldn't be surprised to see one of their third, fourth round picks become a real superstar. We've seen it all happen before. Uh, follow all your stuff uh, at Pommy and Oz, AFL 2022 draft, the mock draft live, which uh, occurred last night. It was live streamed. It was uh, it was uh, the very first of its kind uh, on YouTube. And, uh, well, the main airwaves and, and whatnot, they've got Cal Toomey and Shifter Sheehan as their draft experts on the overnight crowd here, mate. We've got Pommy and Oz, Mr. Dan Williams. He's a gun. He knows it all inside out. Player profiles. Go check him out on his channel, at Pommy and Oz. Uh, pleasure as always, my friend. And uh, we will chat very, very soon. And, mate, this is it's the perfect preamble because we've got draft draft night coming up in sort of, you know, two and a half, three weeks' time. There we go. Dan joining us on the line there. We'll get to a break here on the Overnight Crowd. And we'll take your calls. one 736 736 0433981116, the number to dial if you want to have your say. The T20 was played last night. Australia getting the job done over Afghanistan. They need uh, Sri Lanka to defeat England. Long odds for that to happen. Uh, but come on the line. one 736 736 to have your say. Uh Later in the program, we'll be joined by Racetrack Ralphie to analyse all things at Flemington today. What a race card it is at Flemington Champions Day there. We've got the Champion Mile, the Champion Sprint, and the uh, the big race over 2,000 metres. It's basically the Cox Plate 
2.0. We'll be back right after this on the Overnight Crowd. Listening to the overnight crowd. Yes, it is the overnight crowd here on SEN, your home of sport, crystal clear through the SEN app and through your digital radio dials. Paul Sebastiani here in the studio, ticking to 12.25 a.m. Melbourne time, Australian Eastern Daylight Saving Time. The T20 World Cup for Australia hangs on a knife's edge. Winning by four runs against Afghanistan tonight in Adelaide means Australia now relies on Sri Lanka to defeat England tonight, 7 p.m. at the SCG. The SEN lads will be covering it all. Sri Lanka, well, it'll be an upset of, of epic proportions in this T20 World Cup if it is to get the job done against England. Uh, Sri Lanka rank outsiders in this game after Australia got the job done by four runs uh, last night against Afghanistan and uh, well I mean we've had I think the overriding sentiment with a lot of Australian fans uh, or or a lot of uh, T20 followers uh, of Australia in the last you know couple of years and and the last couple of weeks in this T20 tournament has been that this tournament has has been nothing short of very disappointing and uh, should the likely outcome of England being victorious tonight uh, and meaning that Australia is knocked out of the tournament, that it has been a, a big failure for Australia in, in this tournament on home soil. And look, history is against them, but I mean, history only guarantees one thing, that what has happened has already happened. Uh, we haven't had a defending T20 World Cup champion hold uh, sway in the following tournament, but Australia, they're going to need a miracle for Sri Lanka to defeat England uh, tonight in that game. And uh, well... Later in the program, I'll text through as well, 0433981116 to have your say. We've got a text through uh, coming in. Uh, Hi, guys. It's sad to see Steve Smith relegated to a stand-in player for the T20 game, but his career seemed to go bad when the ball-tampering saga hit the fan. Since then, uh, he, who was not responsible for it, has never found a place in the national team. It's sad. Conversely, Warner has kept firing. He cracked up in media conferences uh, with his dad with him. It is so sad that Smith seems to be a shadow of the player he was. He seems to be a sensitive guy. Yeah, it's a, it's a shame that, you know, to if his career is to sort of dwindle away like that. I mean, has he ever really been a, a champion gun T20 player? I think he's a, he's a very good player at all levels, is, is Steve Smith. Super, super talented. But I guess it would be hard to, to shake the mental demons of what happened a few Years ago, with uh, you know that ball tampering saga that that did occur, and uh, well, I mean, let's just hope for Australia's sake they can turn things around. But uh, again, I, I know I said this earlier on the program. I think it'll stem back to to Justin Langer being ousted out from the head coach and managerial role uh, in Australian cricket, and since then, uh, it hasn't been absolutely amazing uh, since uh, since that. And this tournament is suggesting that too. No real variation with the bowling. Uh, the batting order has been the subject of, of big discussion and big debate. They had to tinker with things today. Aaron Finch uh, had a little bit of a niggle 
you know, and this might very well be the final T20 game that that uh, that uh, he or T20 tournament that that he that he is involved with. Uh, so, look, we wait with angst to see exactly what happens tonight. Sri Lanka long odds to defeat England, but look, stranger things have happened. Uh, let's move on. Uh, T20 cricket, but the line will still be open to have your say on anything. Sport one three hundred seven three six. 736, the number to dial. Uh, racing coming up uh, from Flemington today. Uh, big, big, big car. The SEN track crew will be there at headquarters covering it all. And uh, later in the hour, we will be joined by race track Ralphie to dissect all things uh, spring racing, in particular at Flemington today. We've got three huge races. We've got the Champions Mile, the Champions Sprint, and the Champions Stakes. So the Champions Stakes is basically a Cox Plate 2.0. Animo, Zaki, I'm Thunderstruck, Mawunga, they're all going head-to-head again. Uh, but we've got a couple of three-year-olds down the bottom who make it, uh, will make for intriguing, uh, make for an intriguing race. We've got Epolitical, uh, and we've also got uh, Mr., uh, not Mr. Brightside, uh, Mr. Maestro, uh, who comes out of the uh, three-year-old derby race here at Flemington. Uh, during uh, last weekend. So we wait and see exactly what is going to happen at Flemington. And Racetrack Ralphie is going to join us later in the program to go through all things Flemington. This Champions Mile race, Private Eye versus my Oberon. That's going to be an absolute cracker. Cascadian getting involved with their Alligator Blood. Mr. Brightside coming back from 2,040 metres to the mile after running in the Cox Plate. And then race six, what a race this is. A nature strip returns up the straight. Nine starts up the straight for six wins and two placings. He was a defeated favourite in the Everest only a handful of weeks ago. He's going to go head-to-head with Giga Kick again. His three-year-old gelding undefeated. Five from five, the winner of the Everest a few weeks ago. He's amassed a tonne load of prize money. And Craig Williams and Clayton Douglas are looking to keep his winning streak. And his picket fence of wins... Uh, up and running. Uh, a couple of other runners going around in there. Mars Crusader, the Inferno, Pulele, uh Baller, who's got a good record up the straight. Argentia, two and two New Zealand horses, Rockin' Horse and Levante as well uh, will be running up the straight to win that race. So uh, uh, the Melbourne weather's going to turn it on uh, today to 22 degrees. We're looking uh, atop of and uh, the sun is going to be shining. Get down to Flemington if you can. Chuck on the SEN track, lads. Uh, it's going to be an absolute cracker from Flemington. We've also got uh, Rugby uh, rugby League World Cup, which will be played uh, Australia coming up against Lebanon. 6.30 a.m. Melbourne time. Australia versus Lebanon in the Rugby League World Cup. So uh, big games coming up in uh, in this for Australia. They've obviously been able to progress through the, uh, progress through the group stages very, very comfortably. Three from three with a massive points differential of 178. They got the job done in the group stages against Fiji, Italy, and Scotland. And now they face second place from Group C, Lebanon, who went 2-1 and one in their group against New Zealand, Ireland, and Jamaica. So at 6.30 a.m. Melbourne time, Australian Eastern Daylight Saving Time, Australia will face Lebanon in the Rugby League World Cup. So if you're uh, awake for that, make sure you, you tune into the airwaves to, to have a watch of Australia and Lebanon. With that, we'll take a break here on the overnight crowd and we'll try to get stuck into more of your calls. one 736 736 the number to dial 0433 
98 11 16 to send in all your text messages. This is the Overnight Crowd here on SEN, your home of sport. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.